Good morning. I think Pastor Tyler mentioned earlier why Pastor Mark is not with us today. Some canceled flights and some difficulty with travel has kept him away today. Um, but I am privileged to bring the word to you this morning. So I'm Pastor Emily. I am the pastor of children and their families here at Calvary. So it really is a privilege for me to share with you this morning. So I'd like for us to think back through the last few weeks as we've been journeying, as Pastor Kerry said, journeying through Advent. And Pastor Mark has been sharing about the love that we have through Christ and the good news. And we've spent a lot of time in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, and we've been considering, well, what is the good news? Why is it good? And what does it look like practically for Christ to live in and through us as we partner with him to proclaim the good news, the good news of Jesus? Because we all have people all around us every day who are not followers of Christ, whether it's people in our families or friends, coworkers, neighbors. We encounter people all around us. And as his followers, we are to be messengers of his kingdom, bearers of this good news. So this morning, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to be reading from the New Testament this morning, from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So if you have your Bible and you'd like to go ahead and open there, or if you have an app on your phone that you want to open, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we'll be starting at verse 16. Well, let's pray together before we read the word of the Lord. God, we thank you that you are here with us this morning. We pray that you would help to open our eyes to see and our ears to hear and our hearts for whatever it is that you have for us this morning. Help us to turn our hearts and our minds to you in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting with verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Christ and to himself in Christ, the message of reconciliation sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So this last week was Christmas. 
I'm sure you haven't forgotten already. We're only a couple of days out. So I hope that you enjoyed a wonderful celebration with family and friends celebrating the birth of Christ. But I'd like for us to think this morning, how did things go with the family and friends and the people that you spent time with over the holiday? Because we've been hearing about the love and the good news and sharing the good news because Christ lives in us and he loves through us. Now, Christmas can be a very easy time to share the good news with other people. There are pictures of mangers everywhere, so it's easy to share about the birth of Christ. But there are also some difficulties around the holiday time. Sometimes there are difficulties with family members or conflict, different family dynamics or just stressors that come into play at this time of the year, and it just makes things challenging. But as followers of Christ, the things that we do and the things that we say, the ways that we celebrate Christmas will look and sound differently from many of those around us because of our focus on Christ, who is the gift of Christmas. So last week, Pastor Mark gave us some very practical ideas to share the good news of Christ with family and friends and neighbors. And I'm wondering, did you have opportunities to share the good news? Did you use any of those practical ideas? I hope so. And if you didn't, it's not too late. We can share it anytime. But in today's scripture in 2 Corinthians here, Paul has plenty to say about letting people know the good news. So we're going to keep that in mind as we work through this passage together. So I'd like for us to start by looking at verse 17. So if you have your Bible open, verse 17 reads, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. I love that verse and the picture that it creates for us. The old has gone. The new has come. Paul is telling us that we are a new creation through Christ. And that is part of the good news. Because through Christ, we are completely transformed and made new. We no longer live for ourselves. Rather, we live the life of Christ as he lives in and through us. And God did not just clean up our old sinful nature to make it shiny on the outside. Rather, it's been replaced. We are new, a new creation. And this generates for us a new pattern of life. Because we were once rebels, focusing only on ourselves, living in disobedience and self-centeredness. And we had a worldly point of view. That's our old self. But through Christ, God has given us a new pattern, a new pattern of obedience and trust, repentance, and selflessness. And this transformation occurs as we continue to yield control to him in all of those little areas of our life. He wants every part of us to change us, and he changes our very identity so that we're completely rooted in him. And then we carry this new identity with us wherever it is that we go. So I'd like for us to look at this bottle of water over here.
I'd like for us to think about this plain bottle of water as being our old self when we are separated from God, focused on ourselves, living in self-life. But when we made the choice to trust Christ, to follow him, through his spirit, he filled us, and he wants to permeate every part of our being. And in doing so, he changes us on the inside, doesn't he? He makes us new. We're not the same anymore. So we can't go to work as our old self and then come to church as our new self. Or we can't hang out with certain friends as the old self and then other friends as the new self because this is who we are now. This is our new identity in Christ. He has changed us. He's transformed us. And he has made us like himself. This is who we are now. So through Christ, God has transformed all of humanity because we were all living in darkness, separated from God because of sin. But as we heard earlier, we have seen a great light, haven't we? We now know the hope and the love and the joy and the peace that is available through Christ. So individually, we are transformed. The old has gone, the new has come. And also in doing so, God's mission here in our world is kind of springboarded through us as we go into the world and then we collectively represent him and we share this good news with others. As I was preparing the message, I read about how the early Christians understood this kind of transformation that Paul's talking about, and how as they became followers of Jesus, they understood that they had passed from death to life, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's Son, and that they weren't going to bring that old life into this new life that they now had with him, because that was dead. They weren't going to bring their old sense of cultural entitlement into this new life because those rights had passed away. The old had gone. The new had come. And this was to be a new society, a new culture, a new community. And they were to be a collective light, the light of Christ that emitted throughout their cities and throughout their neighborhoods. And that's who we're to be. The old has gone the new has come. So Paul is also telling us here that this new life is to be a ministry of reconciliation. And we see the word reconcile multiple times throughout this passage. So looking back at verses 18 through 20, Paul wrote, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Reconciliation. People who have become a new creation are reconciliation people. So I looked up the word reconcile in the dictionary. So here is what Merriam-Webster has to say about the word reconcile. 
to restore to friendship or harmony, to settle or resolve differences. Did you catch that? To restore to friendship or harmony, to settle or resolve differences. So Paul seems to be talking about several different aspects of reconciliation here in this passage. So first, Paul clearly tells us that through Christ, we are reconciled to God. Because of sin, we were separated from him, but we no longer have to be. Because of Jesus, we can have a restored relationship with God, and we are made righteous through him. This is the good news. And Paul goes on to say that we're also to be bearers of this message to others. So Paul writes that God has given us a ministry of reconciliation. Now, those are some pretty big words. Have you ever thought of yourself as a minister of reconciliation? Let's think about that, because that is what Paul is saying here. And this means that he uses us to tell others the good news, that others can be reconciled or restored to wholeness in Christ. So the message isn't just for us. It's for all, and God invites us to participate in his work as he draws everyone to himself, and he uses us as his vessels, as his instruments, through our actions and through our words. So reconciliation people also trust God when they're faced with conflicts, disagreements, and differences. Do you have conflicts? Disagreements and differences? I would imagine so. And I think we've all experienced those things, and we know how conflict can rip apart friendships, families, different relationships, even marriages. But reconciliation people leave it to God to take care of the vengeance and the punishment and the making right of things in the end. And we see this throughout Scripture. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us to pray, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In Matthew 6, 14 through 15, Jesus said, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And in Romans chapter 12, 17 through 20, Paul wrote, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now those are very strong words, aren't they? And I think that's very countercultural for us. It's really not in my nature just to let things go. And I would imagine so for you as well. My tendency is to want to just sit on things and stew about them and be mad. Maybe some of us want to even the score or get back. 
But people do wrong us, don't they? And people say untruthful things about us, treat us in ways that are unfair and are unkind. And this can stir up our pride and our self-preservation. It doesn't feel good to be hurt. But remember, the old is gone. The new has come. So people of reconciliation seek to live in peace rather than seeking revenge. So yes, there are times that we do need to confront people and talk to them about their actions or their words, and certainly boundaries are appropriate a lot of the time, and this doesn't mean that we should let people walk all over us and just be a doormat. That isn't what Paul's saying here at all. But what he's saying is that reconciliation is always about restoring friendship, harmony, settling or resolving differences. So coming back here to 2 Corinthians, in verse 20, Paul writes, We are therefore God's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Now, other words for ambassador are delegate, agent, representative. So have you ever thought of yourself as a representative, a delegate, an ambassador of God? As his followers, we are God's ambassadors as he lives in us and through us. And ambassadors do not represent their own will. Rather, they're the voice of the one that they represent. So as Christ's ambassadors, we speak for him. He speaks through us. And we are channels of his love and his grace and his mercy sharing the good news of hope and wholeness that is available through Christ. So did you have an opportunity to represent him? But this is what he's calling us to because people are watching our responses and how we respond to offenses either allow us to be ambassadors of Christ or it disqualifies us from the role. Because we can't control how other people treat us or how other people react. But we can make the choice to be a person of reconciliation, serving as Christ's ambassadors. And when we're wronged, because we all are, I think there are some questions that we can ask ourselves. Am I going to trust God or not? Really, that's the bottom line. Are we going to trust God with this? Am I willing to let him care for my hurt? Because he wants to. Or will I refuse to trust him until I get satisfaction for the offense I've endured? And that one is the easiest one to go to, isn't it? But remember, people of reconciliation seek to live at peace rather than seeking revenge. And they trust God to make things right. So when we refuse to trust God to handle different offenses, different wrongs, what we're doing is we really reject the offer of being a new creation. And we're refusing to be Christ's ambassador. And we are denying this new identity that we have in him. If we refuse to be reconciled, 
to get along with those who offend us, how can we be ministers of reconciliation, proclaiming the good news? And who's going to believe us? That's a hard thought. It's through Christ and our reconciliation through him that we can be ministers of reconciliation. It's all him in and through us as we trust and rely upon him. I'd like to share a quote with you from Henry Nouwen. He writes, We must find the freedom to step over our wounds and the courage to forgive those who have wounded us. The real danger is to get stuck in anger and resentment. Then we start living as the wounded one, always complaining that life isn't fair. Jesus came to save us from these self-destructive complaints. He says, let go of your complaints. Forgive those who loved you poorly. Step over your feelings of being rejected and have the courage to trust that you won't fall into an abyss of nothingness, but into the safe embrace of a God whose love will heal all of your wounds. We have a loving God who wants to heal our hurts, our disappointments, our wounds, to help us through conflicts. So will you make the choice to trust him with your hurts, your struggles, your disappointments, your conflicts? Will you allow him to help you become a peacemaker, a reconciliation person, so that you can be a messenger of his kingdom? So here's what Paul is saying to us here. Be reconciled to God. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. The old has gone. The new has come. Let's pray together. Father, we give thanks to you for the way that you have reconciled us to yourself and you have done everything that is needed for us to be reconciled. Thank you for making us new, for transforming us. We pray that you would help us to allow you to change every little innermost corner, maybe things that we're still holding on to. Help us to release them into your trustworthy hands. Increase our love for others even today and this week as we go out into the world. Love through us. Increase our patience for others. Help us to be peacemakers, to be your ambassadors, your representatives, and to be people of reconciliation. Help us to trust you with all things, knowing that you have overcome the world. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.